Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. I'm talking with Susan Hooper about post-pandemic challenges addressing climate change as a non-executive director in the boardroom. I'm Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating Better Boards. In this episode, I'm delighted to talk with Susan Hooper. Susan is chair of caresourcer.com and sits on the boards of Uber UK, the Rank Group PLC and Affinity Water. Susan is also a director of Chapter Zero, an organization dedicated to providing education, insight and support of climate change to non-executive directors and chairs. Susan is also actively involved in several startups in property and medical technology. Welcome, Susan. Thank you so much, Susan, for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. We are really delighted to have you. Thank you very much for inviting me. As we are coming out of the lockdown, there are quite some surveys that indicate that we will not be going back to the world as we knew it. The lockdown has changed our perspective and many surveys indicate that climate change will be higher on the agenda. You are someone who cared about these issues well, well before. What has changed in your view during the lockdown? Well, it's an interesting question because right now we still don't know what, if anything, will change. But I think the one thing that we're all very clear about is that we've unwittingly been a part of the largest global real-time research project into what difference we can make to the environment if we can orchestrate a wholesale change in consumer habits. And, you know, I believe there's stats to say that emissions went down over this period of lockdown by 17% globally. Unfortunately, they've gone back up to almost 5% of where they were before already, and we haven't even got back to normal transport and aviation. However, I think the biggest question will be how deep and how incisive are the changes coming from the customer side? Are the habits going to change in a lasting way or are we just going to go straight back? And my sense is that having seen the benefits of the reduced emissions, you know, which you've heard about in, in more spectacular kinds like in India, in Delhi, for example, or, you know, wildlife in the Venetian canals, whether that is important enough to people to change their habits, because once they change their habits, companies will be forced to change and not just a few people, but large scale change. So I think the answer is we still don't know, but there's this glimmer on the horizon in my mind that people are seeing this as the right time to make change because, and this is maybe the other point I would make on this question, not exactly what you asked me, but with COVID, this was a pandemic for which we had an incredible amount of foresight. We knew it was coming. We knew about pandemics. Bill Gates talking about six years ago about the dangers and what we needed to do to prepare for it. And yet somehow most economies in the world and most businesses in the world didn't have it on their risk list. So all of these enterprise risk management systems that we had missed the severity of it. Airlines, you'd have thought that this was the most obvious one. They're not on the risk registers. And so we've got through it with a massive 
impact to our economy with regards to how much money we're now going to have to spend to get out of this situation. And now we've got the next one coming down, you know, the tunnel of climate change. We know about it. The experts have spoken. You can choose to believe them or not. And to date, I would say that most companies aren't solidly in the saddle, ready to deal with the unknown, because we don't know how it's going to hit us, much like we didn't know what this coronavirus was going to be like. And I think we now, from a board perspective, I would say that that's a big change. We cannot let what's happened to us during COVID happen with climate change when we are seeing it as clearly as we saw a pandemic coming towards us. So if we are all embracing this new normal, and you hinted it, it depends on all of us. We all have an opportunity to shape and rethink the world we live in now. Have you already seen that discussions have changed in the boardroom? I would say, you know, you've got to sort of take the past three months, one month at a time. And the first month was shutting down everything. The second month was planning, you know, how do we get ready for return without knowing anything? And the third month was sort of day by day, taking the opportunities as they come along. So I think it's only been in the past month where you, I really personally as a non-exec even felt irresponsible in bringing some of the future think up at an earlier stage because it was such a massive impact to most of the organizations on an operational and a daily running basis, it would have been irresponsible almost to bring it up. But now it'd be irresponsible to not bring it up. It's like, if we're talking about what we're doing by the end of the year, we have to take into the account that now is the time to build in the changes we need to, to make it a sustainable comeback and not a, oh my gosh, we're going to have to restructure everything again once climate change hits in one form or the other. And what do you see is the role there of non-executives to really make an impact at the moment? Well, I've never been through a situation like this. I think I'm not alone in that. And I think that the non-executive director role has actually really helped in enabling execs to keep a vision of the future in place because their, their nose has been to the grindstone. The, the workloads that they have been under in dealing with this, both physical and emotional, has been enormous. And I think the non-executive role, it's the same, but it's heightened in its importance, you know, of challenging the questions and the timing and, you know, and the, the balance between profitability and employment, and also being a catalyst you know, really highlighting what the future holds and challenging, but also catalyzing change. Because you don't often get presented with such a break where you can review the way you do business. And I don't mean so much the time, the break in the model. The model is not going to be the same when you get back. In many respects, we've already seen it with working habits of employees That in and of itself is both an environmental but a social change that we would never have done had we not been through this crisis. Trying to maintain that which is good and build it into a balanced approach which enables us to get back to profitable business and a more sustainable business and environment is, is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So if non-executive directors listen to us now <laughs> and they say, look, I would like to be part of this and really make my mark here, where can they actually turn to to get the know-how they need 
to bring our topic climate change issues into the boardroom? Well, as you well know, Sabina, I am a founding director of Chapter Zero, which is an organization, a chapter of the World Economic Forum, dedicated to helping non-executive directors and chairs to inform themselves on climate change. The reason I am is because this time a year and a half ago, I attended a dinner in Cambridge University that I had been invited to answer the question, why is it that corporate boards don't even have climate change on the agenda? And I was sitting at the time on six boards and it was on none of my board agendas. And it really made me sit up and think. I was galvanized into wanting to take action, but really not feeling competent to do so because it's a massive, complex, amorphous topic. Yeah. You can't just go to the board and say, well, I think we ought to talk about climate change. You have to put it into a context of relevance to the business that you're representing. And also it's scary in that Actually, there are so many opportunities, but as we've seen with COVID, unless you're forced to look at them, you don't consider opportunities because everything's working pretty well as it is and chugging along. So I would highly recommend you're not already because we have over 900 members now since one year. Non-execs, look at chapter zero. You can dip in at any level of understanding. You could be a total neophyte into this part of the business or you can be relatively well uh, developed. It's got all kinds of resources that enable you to feel competent, raise the topic and know if you've got what you need to do to make sure that the long-term value of the company will be sustained. What do non-executive directors have to do more of to address climate change issues on the boards they serve? Yeah, I've come through a lot of these discussions and I come down to a very, very simple fact and that is Most boards I observe do not have a robust and meaningful strategy to reach a carbon neutral or net zero target in 2050, let alone 2040 or 2030 or even to 2025. And that is absolutely squarely sitting in the seat of the non-exec to question, where is the strategy? My mantra at the moment is, show me the plan. And it's interesting in that TCFD, the financial reporting requirements, are actually much further developed than the strategy development is. And by the way, the strategy development is probably one of the most challenging developments I've ever seen because there is no benchmark, there is no best practice, there's no precedent. And every industry is different and it hits us all in different ways. So... It's really specific by company. There is no book you can pull off the shelf and say, this is how you write a a sustainable business strategy. And TCFD is a bit, almost a bit easier in a way because the black and white numbers and it is what it is, but we're ahead of, we report now, many companies do, I think 800 have already signed up to what is currently still voluntary, the TCFD requirements, but only about 300 companies have defined sustainability strategies And they aren't all terribly meaningful and robust. A lot of them are what one would say is greenwashing. So the non-execs have to really get into, first of all, where's the plan? Who's delivering it? Why haven't we discussed this at board level? And then really get into the nitty gritty of it saying, is this meaningful? And if we don't understand, when are we going to review it again when we do understand better? It's a very, very dynamic subject, which I actually find in one respect uh, at the same time very thrilling Because, again, it's a once in a lifetime, hopefully, (laughs) once in a lifetime experience. And 
sitting as a Ned on boards, you know, you have massive influence to guide the discussion in the direction it needs to go to preserve the long-term profitability of the company. You know, our listeners are always asking, how do I need to change my behaviors? What concrete actions do I need to take? What should I do differently? So to summarize, what are the three things our listeners shall take away from listening to you? Well, one of my mantras, which I know you've heard me say before, Sabina, is uh, to fish in your own pond. I do think that we all have a sphere of influence and it may be a little puddle, it may be a pond, it may be an ocean. I'm not going to be able to impact what China's doing. I'm not going to be able to you know, persuade BAT that they should be doing something differently. But I sit on five boards and I can impact those. Mm -hmm. So I call that fishing in my own pond. What is my pond? My pond is my influence as a non-executive director and chair of a number of boards. And I think each non-exec should decide, or each person actually, it's not even a non-exec, decide where is my sphere of influence. It might even just be your own personal change of habits. Personally, I look and say, relative to my pond, just changing my own habits is not going to be sufficient enough. I can do more than that. But I am changing my own habits as well. I think that's maybe the key aspect to it. But the other thing I would say is on the Chapter Zero website, we have something called the Climate Journey for Directors or Director's Climate Journey. And it's a collection of topics that enables you to inform yourself about the topic such that you can feel competent at the end of it and confident to be addressing these issues. And I think that's really important because it is difficult to raise something at board level when you're not necessarily supported 100% by the rest of the board members. You have to really feel strong about what you're talking about. And I guarantee you, if you do this journey, you will feel competent to do so. And that, that's, that's quite a guarantee, isn't it? I mean, my Absolutely. name is on the line for that one. I think the third one, I've mentioned it already, is show me the plan as a board director are you sure that you have a robust and meaningful sustainability strategy in place that will enable the company to grasp the opportunities and to shield themselves from the risks starting tomorrow? I mean, it's all very well starting at 2050, but you've got to quickly have a plan that works back to today and what are we going to do over the next year? So I think those are the three things I would recommend is define your pond, do the climate journey for directors on chapterzero.org.uk and then get ready to say, show me the plan at your next board meeting if you don't really feel that there is one. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much, Susan. My pleasure, Sabina, as always. It's great to talk to you. Let's get moving on this one. It's the next train coming down the track. <laughs> Thank you so much, Susan. How can we help you? and your board. We at Better Boards are delighted to hear from you. You can best reach us on info at better-boards.com. <laughs>